1: Hello and welcome to the SoRare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by SoRare. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on SoRare. Joined as always by Andy Black, who you can find on, on SoRare as Black. And today, another special guest, Maxime Hagenbruger from SoRare Data. HG, uh, you have been on a lot of things lately, <laughs> at least today. Want to tell us why?
2: Yeah. So uh, I announced today that uh, Data has raised $700,000 from uh, top VC funds and uh, Soya also. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited about this. And uh, of course, it's a great change in my life and uh, in the life of the company. But um, yeah, hopefully uh, we'll help Data grow and uh, uh, build a great platform for all Soya managers.
1: Firstly, congratulations on all of that. That's a, a very big move. I think the general thought in the community was that there may have been like 100 people who worked for Solar Data. <laughs> um, I think there was clearly a thought that there was a huge team, or at least a team of people who did it. And reading your Medium post this morning, obviously it has just been you in your spare time, basically. Yeah. And... It's obviously very impressive because there are comments all over the internet today about how much people enjoy the site and really just can't believe that one person has done all this work. So I assume the plan now is for you not to do all the work, (laughs) but uh, what do you think the kind of the the short term changes would be to data thanks to this new funding?
2: So yeah, um, you talked about the, the Medium post I've released uh, today and I invite everyone to read it because it says important things like thank you to, to the community and uh, I can't thank the community enough. And uh, anyone that donated to Sawada Town till now and anyone that provided rewards for... I know Black has provided great rewards for the first SD Cup. And uh, yeah, I'm forever grateful for uh, anyone that... Uh, participated to the growth of uh, solar data so i guess uh coming soon is a mobile app um which will start a bit slow with only maybe only focused on the live experience and some of the market experience don't expect like the the duplicate or data on your mobile but um I guess one of uh, the ideas behind a mobile application is to improve the live experience, like uh, uh, getting notified when um, things happen in your uh, SO5 tournaments and with your uh, cards. But uh, yeah, that's one of the cool things that uh, is going to happen next. And um, I guess more decision-making tools on um, SO5 tournaments is also something that uh, I'm exploring right now more thing that helps you browse the market and make the, do the right decision on the market, like um, trying to find the best offer for a player or trying to find the right players uh, for your gallery. Um, anything that helps um, basically. a so our manager is something I want to in- introduce in the website. Also putting more content creation and uh, the ability to uh, bring more people and The ability to help people when they get on the website and um, not get lost completely. Um, And yeah, uh, translating the website is obviously only in English today. And uh, it's something that uh, will probably change in the upcoming weeks, hopefully. Does that
1: include getting rid of ETH?
2: (laughs) I mean we we're, we're getting close to my prediction uh, of getting rid of uh, of of ETH, uh, on soya before the end of the year. I guess I'm going to be wrong on this one but uh yeah uh fiat prices something I've introduced a bit um earlier uh this month uh, is going to be take um, more place as we go along but uh I guess not a lot of people use the the fiat prices for now. Uh, I guess people are more um, like interested in th- the fiat amount that they spent on the game, uh, converted to ETH, and then uh, having like the information of uh, how much your gallery is worth in fiat right now. But I guess once you go inside the game and you have ETH to deal with, you're only looking at ETH. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's always uh, a safety net for your mind when you're trying to buy a player, sometimes you're you're saying, oh, it's only 0.3 ETH, and then you remember what <laughs> 0.3 ETH is actually in fiat, and you're like, hmm, maybe it's a bit expensive for a digital card.
1: So I think one of the biggest benefits of Solar data is that it's created by somebody who plays Sorare, and I think there are a lot of kind of companion tools, not necessarily to Sorare, but other fantasy games that... Or by people who think they know how people play, but they don't necessarily play. I think we've talked about this on a previous uh, podcast, but if you wouldn't mind going into it, like, at what point did you decide to actually start SoRare Data, and yeah. how has it kind of changed since you started?
2: Since you started, sure. So started playing SoA in twenty nineteen. Um, I've got some first edition of uh, GPL players uh, from two thousand nineteen and uh, samata who is going back to gpl and uh, i cannot be more happy about that but um yeah so started playing at that point and the first thing i've done with with so is trying to build a spreadsheet with the players i uh, i wanted to buy and it was so uh, not exciting to do it's great to discover about some players but uh, you didn't know their scores. You didn't know anything about them. It was just uh, messy to to buy players on. So, uh, so I started to build a database for me. And uh, when the database was done, let's say, which is never, but uh, let's say was accomplished. Um, I tried to build a website uh, to make it more accessible for me and more readable. And then I saw that uh, the the demand was there for for a website like this, and uh, released the website back in June 2020.
3: My first memory HD of so rare data was during replay weeks. Um, so rare would like release the week, like the game week that they yeah. were going to like replay, and you would have the results up uh, basically before, way before they would. Yeah. on... Uh, what that game week was because I guess you had all the, the, the data and you could compute it and spit out the the, the lineups and, and who came in what place. It was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, that was crazy because also I was giving uh, info about the probability of their lineups uh, of getting a reward uh, because I knew all the scores and I could compete, uh, co- compute all, all the scores from previous weeks. And you could have like 50% chance of getting a reward um uh, on a specific game week, for example, or uh, no, not on the, on the specific game week, but overall on the the replay period. Right. And and yeah, the idea behind to is, is, is always finding the the features that you can't have on Soya that Soya doesn't want to do, or doesn't do yet, and make it accessible for the managers because there's a, a need for the future right now. So. I guess that was my way in. I was trying to be the first to tell you if you are going to get a reward or what uh, is going to be your ranking during the replays, which was a crazy period, uh, both on the um, uh, COVID side and on the, I mean, on the SAR side, that was a, a crazy moment. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely something that kickstarted the project also. Do you think the the first,
1: so it sounded like the first goal was to help you d- decide how much to pay for cards? And at what point did you add in the ability to think or to search like which card should I be buying? Like I think there was the research of how much should I pay for this card, but you obviously need to figure out what cards you want to buy first. So like, yeah. when, when did that kind of get added?
2: Um... I guess uh more recently when I introduced like the player search and uh, the car- the player finder also um it w- it was pretty difficult at that time to actually build uh, a tool that was kind of complete and because I didn't have the time to build it but um I guess first what was pretty easy to do even if you have some um things that you can uh, actually change or actually it's not that simple. It's it's on average prices. Basically, you can say, oh, uh, over the last seven days, for example. At the at the beginning, I was only doing uh, monthly averages because cars was were not sold at all for quite some time. Um and uh, mon- monthly averages was the first thing to show to the users, but also a scoring met like telling the people. Um, uh, like the average score over five games and over 20 games. That was the the number of games I've chosen at at that time. Um, And uh, yeah, um, it was kind of ugly, kind of messy, but uh, I guess that was providing the information that uh, people wanted. And um, yeah, when, when you have those features already developed, you can always go further with other features that are um, building on uh, what you have already accomplished. So uh, at the beginning, you you have to build the foundations, you have to build the right tools also for me, the right database for uh, the features that uh, I want to do next. I, for example, I was um, talking with the French guys about... Um, you know, when you are um, on the podium or something at the end of a game week, like uh, there's two games left or something, you're always checking um, which lineups can uh, go uh, above you at some point. And um, the idea I have, and it's going to happen sometime soon, is that be, uh, below your SO5 results, it tells you, or oh, this player is a threat to your um, SO5 lineup, because if he scores that that many points, uh, <laughs> you're in big trouble, or, uh, I guess uh, you're out. And I guess this kind of feature is very interesting, but it's also a bit difficult to build because if you have like 10 players that are threats to your uh, lineup, um, how do you decide which one is the biggest threat and how do you show the information? And I guess that's why also I tried to do um, uh, scores projections um, to try to give like an overview. Like let's say we think this player is going to score like 60 on this game. So this player is going to be the biggest threat uh, for your SO5 lineup. But um, I guess um, also a solution that uh, can work is uh, see how, how many times the player has um, overcome the number of points that he needs to actually go be above you and that's also a pretty good um, measure of <laughs> if you are in trouble or not but I'll also give you the ability to like uh, watch other games and uh, watch um, <laughs> yeah games that you would have never watched and maybe find players that you would buy uh, the next day um, and make your, so your experience a bit uh, deeper let's say
1: I don't think you've truly played so rare until you realize a player that you don't have is catching up to you. And you're just hoping for some sort of pre-match stomach issue or something like that. So that they don't actually
3: play. like an error led to goal or something like that. Ooh. Oh yeah, exactly.
1: That's a, just what we all, what we all hope for. Uh, do you think, so you mentioned a few times the the live experience. Uh, do you think that's going to be a bigger focus? Cause like, um, like I don't check scores at all on so rare. Like it's there's nothing helpful about seeing their,
3: their live experience or, is just not they have not invested time in it,
2: right? And, yeah, sure. And but I think yeah, sorry, yeah, go go ahead. I'm just saying. I thought the
1: even the what you've done just on the my results so five results page of here's a where you can finish. I think is just such a, a dr- drastic improvement. I mean, everything is an improvement from what we have on SoRare, but um yeah. Do you think like? being able to track what you do live is, is going to be kind of a major priority for you?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I, I guess I will always want to provide a different experience than SoA is providing to their players. And by different, I don't mean necessarily better, but uh, at least better for some kind of users. Um, I guess engaged players will want more data, more information about uh, the players that they are playing but also the players that they, they are facing they are facing so i guess that's um yeah i, I want to provide a different experience but if you also uh, you also want to provide an experience that is good for like most of your users and right now you have a lot of players that are engaged in the game and pretty addicted to the game but I don't think you will have, when so I get to a million users, I don't think you will have um, that uh, many engaged players or, uh, let's say, addicted players. But definitely, it's something that um, the life experience is something I want to uh, improve. And um, um, also, through a mobile app, is something that is uh, way more reactive and way more interesting to follow if you're not in front of your computer watching games. Um I yeah. got a
3: quick question for you on the mobile app. Are you looking to kind of like design that similar to how say FotMob or some of the other uh live apps uh operate and like it'll notify you when your player gets a decisive action and they're in one of your lineups or something?
2: Definitely. Yeah.
3: Or I if guess, they have a red card or something.
2: I guess the... <laughs> I, I I didn't see so I had a uh, mobile app doing that until like maybe two or three months ago. But uh, I guess I would be a competitor of food mob or other um, uh, scoring app, live scoring app um, that are on the market right now, because I want people like right now, what I'm doing is I'm going on foot mob uh, browsing through the games that I'm interested um, turning on the notifications and that's it. And I get the notifications. Yeah, Van Aken has scored, even though they are down 6-1 uh, and uh, it's destroying my lineups. But I want something that is dedicated to Soya uh, and like saying, oh, Van Aken has scored. Uh, that means that you're, uh, I don't know, second in Division 3 or something. And uh, and you're very happy to get the notification. So yeah, I guess that, that's that's pretty much uh, the same thing that Footmob uh, or other scoring apps uh, do.
1: So one of the questions it seems that a lot of people have asked and I'll admit that you've replied to a few of them either in the Discord or on Twitter but the possibility of like a subscription to SoRare data is that, what's the, the idea on that and sort of the timeline of when you think that might be
2: Possible. Yeah. Sure. That's the question that uh, everyone is asking. And I, I don't think like it's just because I've raised money. It's um for a long time people have asked uh, how did you how do you earn money or what what's your model? And uh until now donations were uh enough to actually run the website. But uh as traffic um like grows. Uh, I need more money and also I need people to actually build a better platform anyway. So yeah, um, at some point, uh, very late 2021 or early 2022, um, I will probably introduce a subscription model, Um, but uh, not a very expensive one. I I don't want to commit on prices right now, but uh, I I guess it... (laughs) For people that buy rare cards, that that will be not uh, a very high amount. At, at least for the one that uh, the ones uh, who are buying rare cards right now. But even for limited uh, card owners, I want something that is pretty affordable. Um, but the main idea behind that is I want so data to be accessible and to the information to be still available. Uh, Row, I mean, I guess. Uh, I have no problem showing data since it's on SOR and also on Zora, um, on the blockchain for, for most of it. But I want to save people time uh, by aggregating the right data and showing the right metrics. Like if you want to compute your roster pr- uh, average price or something, uh, you could do that. I-, I have no problem showing the information to you like card by card. I don't think uh, I will stop showing that information but if you want to check like the total and you don't want to spend minutes or dozens of minutes um trying to browse the website for the information i guess the, the simple way is to pay a small amount every every month
1: i think that's pretty key i think people tend to underestimate the value of their time and if you can get something on your computer screen or your your uh, phone in seconds that would normally take you minutes or dozens of minutes. I think people need to appreciate that that's worth the time.
3: What what types of features would you have in front of the paywall and what types of features would you have behind the paywall?
2: I guess typically the lineup builder would be restricted to like one or two lineups per week or something for um, free users. I'm not sure about that, but typically... What I want to do is some kind of, um, like, letting people with small galleries benefit from, I don't know, one lineup builder uh, at some point And, like, one division each week, for example. And, um, and even on notifications, like, having the ability to get, like, five or ten notifications. Um, I, right now, email notifications are a bit costly, and I have to check uh, how um notifications on on mobile are um in terms of pricing but uh i guess if that's a bit pricey uh, limiting also the number of notifications per per user depending on your subscription or not um and uh yeah i guess everything that is aggregated like a, a, a stat that is cool is uh that i've introduced like um earlier this week or uh last week is like the the your reward winning lineup percentage and that tells you like uh, if you are actually good at the game um i don't know if good at the game is the right uh is the right way to say it but at least if your lineups succeed at the game um And I guess this kind of um, information uh, will definitely put them behind a paywall because it's a lot of computing to do and it's an interesting metric, but it's not also something that is completely necessary, but that's something that is nice to have and fun to have. And uh, if I play so, I want to have this information because uh, I want to know if I'm good at the game or not. But typically, I don't think like the market data, I, I'm not decided on that. But I guess, um, I guess a lot of the data will stay there. But um, I guess uh, the aggregated data will be um, behind the paywall.
1: Do you think there's going to be a point where you try to do non-so-rare aggregation like that?
2: Yeah, so that's something I um, also talk about in the Medium post and also the press release is that um, the idea is to duplicate like what I've done on Sawyer with also other play-to-earn games because that's, I guess that's one of my beliefs, but uh, I guess the market is validating that that thesis that is that um a lot of uh nft games implementing the play to earn model will appear um in the coming uh let's say month or years and uh if you're investing money and expecting uh to get some of it back you will need to have the right resources to actually play the game and uh I guess I'm in a good position uh technically but also with my uh, uh, player experience on Sora to actually build other platforms for uh, other games that won't be called Sora and uh but uh, definitely one of my uh, priority right now is Sora and uh, definitely also sticking with Sora over the long term um if they go to towards another sport at some point uh, definitely following them um it's why I'm here today so no way! I'm getting out of Soria anytime soon. So
3: I got a kind of a follow up question to that for like aggregating data for other types of projects or or blockchain projects. Um, how would you differentiate yourself from from some of the stuff that's already out there now? Like I know there's Crypto Slam, and I know NBA Top Shot has one. I don't I don't know the name of it, um, but I know that yeah. they have like a a, a market uh, market app basically that they kind of. Yeah
2: show some of that data sure so i guess what uh, you're referring about is called evaluate market and yeah. uh, they do that for uh, top shot and also some other nfts i guess what i want to do is not build a platform like uh, that is doing a lot of things and but doing them the same way i want to build platforms that um, match uh, the experience of a player wherever they play. And the SoA experience is not at all the same than the, the NBA Top Shot experience. And I guess um, in some kind of way, it's interesting for a platform to try to fit everything under one model and just replicate the model uh, for every NFT games or NFT project that they find. But I guess that's the not my way of seeing things. And I guess... When you're going deeper into Sawyer or deeper into Top Shot or another game or something, you need a platform that that knows how the game is being played and um, that has a player behind it. And uh, I guess I I won't even try to uh, um, do something if I don't play it. And I guess one of the things that uh, I'm going to find with my employees also is find players or at least play, people that uh, try to play the game. At uh, If they want to play the game with commons, they, they can play the game with commons or with limited or I don't know where else I could, I could even allow a budget for, for people to play the game because it's so important that everyone in the company and everyone building on the, on the platform know what they're talking about and what they're building on. And I guess for cryptoslam or something they they they' like they are doing like overall data for everything, and I guess that's very interesting if you want to browse the overall market and uh trying to compare everyone but I guess if you try to browse sour, uh the software um menu on CryptoSlam and you try to play Soraya at the same time it's just it's just not enough, and uh it's so complicated to actually build something that is right for every platform. So yeah, definitely, um, uh, trying to replicate what I've done. What I've tried to do with so, and doing it for other NFT games.
3: Yeah. I think the key really is you have that deep, deeper, rich experience built into your platform and you really don't see that in the others. It's more of a high level overall, um, market sentiment. Um, where yeah. yours is much richer.
2: Yeah. It's, a, it's, uh, I say it's a companion app because it covers not only the market side, but also the live experience and yeah. the decision making, etc., even side games. So, yeah, uh, Crypto Slime is only data analytics and it's already so much to do. So, yeah.
1: I think based on the amount of time that people spend on the respective sites, I think you could argue that so rare is a companion app to so rare data.
2: No, I, I cannot say that anymore because... <laughs> no, I said it. I said it. That's okay, you don't have to. No, no, no. But I I guess uh, at some point in time, when so I also find its rhythm on, um, because you have to um, like remember that they migrated twice in like one year or so. Um, And technically it took a lot of time and also people (laughs) cannot uh, work. Uh, a twelve hours day for a, a long period of time. So, uh, and they are doing a lot uh, in terms of support, and also doing a lot behind the scenes that n- no one can see. And uh, I think they have done a pretty good job at providing a pretty stable uh, platform. And um, that's also a market that is live twenty four seven. And sometimes people forget that we are building on very mature um, uh, technologies, and I'm admiring. I'm really like admiring the work that they have done. And as they uh, continue on recruiting people and recruiting more engineers, we will see more stuff uh, being added to the platform. And I guess my priority at that time is trying to provide what software doesn't want to provide and what I don't know, don't provide at, at, at the right time. Well, at least I think not at the right time. But uh, yeah, one thing that they probably won't, do is uh, market data, etc. So I have um, a lot of uh, work to do on, on that part.
1: So the SORA data Twitter account has a pinned tweet that you're looking for a full stack developer. Yes. Or... Two. So SORA rare... or oh, two of them.
2: Yeah. I, I say one, but uh, actually two. Yeah. Okay. That sounds like lots of building
1: about to happen. Um, yeah. Do you want to give a pitch to whoever could be listening that might be a full stack developer and maybe work for you?
2: Yeah. So uh, first of all, uh, you don't need to be in Paris. You need to be somewhere on Earth um, with a a reliable internet connection. So if you're qualified, you can uh, listen to this. But uh, yeah, I guess if you're passionate about solar, and uh, I guess if you're listening to this podcast, you're already passionate about But if you're uh, convinced as i am that um Sora is going to be a great game and that a uh, companion app like Sora data brings a lot of value to the users um and you want to uh upon uh, uh like uh, it's like an entrepreneur experience without being like a real entrepreneur because uh, i i have like raised already this money and it's not a co-founder position but There will be a lot of responsibilities given uh, day one. And of course, you will be given some equity of the company because I want to incentivize incentivize any employee with like owning a part of the business. And uh, I guess you will never be bored at this this job because there's something coming up like every week, even every day. And uh, I guess that's... uh, we are at the corner of one of the biggest revolution in the game in the gaming industry, like for like many years. And um, NFTs, um, at least on the gaming side, uh, are going to change a lot of things. And uh, I would be very happy to <laughs> have a lot of people joining me in this uh, adventure and um, uh, grow the company and go see what other games do and uh, why not build on them. So you mentioned the the gaming part of it. Do you think the there will be any changes
1: to the so data gaming area that you know we all participate in? Like, do you think the development of so rare data changes those at
2: all? <clears throat> um, so about side games, it's something I, I I told also the French guys because I know everyone uh, that play the so games love love the experience or I just um, is an okay experience, but um, I guess my priority would be on the life experience but also on the market experience and the decision making. I guess the side games are, are something that are, let's say, fun to develop, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not something that uh, is paying bills, to be completely honest. And um, I want to deliver the, like the the best value for for the users and um i guess side games as they stand today and they will be improved in some ways uh during the end of the um like during the quarter but um i guess the priority will stay on on the other parts of the website and um as long as the regulation is also very shady and uh, (laughs) definitely not allowing paid games around nfts uh, that's something I'm not interested in in trying to do because I don't want to go to jail. I think I've already said <laughs> that before in your in your podcast, so I'm I'm just saying that again. And uh and yeah, um if if the regulation changes or if there are opportunities, um I guess I will be um exploring that and um but uh, I'm also welcoming um I've seen Sa Omega doing uh more uh stuff. Uh, around side games recently and I'm welcoming also other side games because I'm pretty confident in the fact that if you're (laughs) trying to do other side games uh, you need SOAR data to actually build your teams and um, I would be very happy to actually integrate like other side games results uh, inside SOAR data so you can have like all the results that you are um, in the tournaments that you're competing in at the same place so I guess at the end of the day, most side games are good for me. I don't want to be the the platform where everyone plays and don't play anywhere else. But uh, I will be also announcing uh, a different prize pool in the upcoming weeks because um, the dynamic has changed in the side games around. So uh, one stop one one shot leaks, sorry has stopped, and um, uh, so data side games are the ones that are uh, widely used in the community. So um, I'll be getting a. Uh, slightly better price pool, hopefully in the in the upcoming weeks. Well, that's fun. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better,
0: but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: to hear that the money that you raise is not going to be used to get you out of jail after you start a gambling <laughs> operation. So good to hear that. Uh, do you look at SoRare more as a fantasy football game, as opposed to like an NFT collection shop?
2: Yeah, definitely. And I guess that's, uh, that's why we don't see like the NFT wave that much affecting SoRare because SoRare is so, so different for <laughs> from other NFT games. Like, it's so much more focused on the the customer side and on like people that don't know anything about crypto. Of course, you still need to buy ETH, or you still need to bid with your credit card, and uh, you see like ETH uh, amounts, and it's a bit confusing for a new player. But I guess we are not talking about uh, board API uh, yacht club or crypto banks. We're we're talking about um, football cards that are valuable to many people and that are being used every single day uh for trading or but also for collections or, but also for for gaming and i guess that's something i didn't find yet in another product or in another project uh, we will see metaverse but also NFT projects doing that in the future but right now i guess so uh, as a great position in uh I, I, I disagree with most of the comments that have been made during the week uh, by Zero, especially. And uh, we've talked about uh, I've talked w- w- with him about it, but uh, um, he said basically that the competition was hard and uh, brutal against Sora. And uh, I, I I kind of disagree with, with him uh, when he says that because to me, CryptoPunks or uh, board uh, APO Club or anything that is NFT right now is not really a competition to Sora. No one is trying to build a fantasy football game based on NFTs like Sora is doing. And at the end of the day, that's what, ma- what matters to me. And uh, um, I guess, yeah, we can say that on some part of the product, it's not that advanced or it's not that fluid that we would expect. But <laughs> I don't see the competition there. And yeah. Uh, I guess that's also what i've said to to him at that point is it's also like i've seen many players and me included saying at some point in time hey guys i'm done with this game it's so bad i don't want to do it anymore and i'm selling my gallery okay Yeah, yeah, yeah buy my gallery I'm i'm selling at a low price okay and uh and next day I'm here auctioning and bidding on uh, on, pe- on players, and and that's also kind of a bad signal to uh, send to Soria because they are here like, yeah, you said yesterday you were leaving, you're now you, you're you're here today. We we all kind of are addicted to the game, and uh, that that could be easily, <laughs> uh, let's say. Um, Let's say Soya could easily say, "Okay, people are addicted. We don't need to go that fast uh, on uh, new features or something, um but I guess at some point they will go very fast and uh deliver what uh, the community wants and um you have to remember wait a, that they are they are wait a yeah tell me do you
3: think that they do you think that they get faster and more efficient as they grow, or do you think a, maybe a little bit of the opposite?
2: No, I guess they are in this kind of phase, which is very difficult because I, I, I think they're dealing with also um, a lot of migrations and a lot yeah. of changes in their uh, infrastructure and in, in the recent month. And so they're trying to figure out um, how it works and uh, uh, fix what's wrong, etc. And I guess once they have a stable infrastructure and a stable uh, code base, They will be able to go very fast on other things. That's why we didn't see any evolution on um, maybe the gaming side of things and maybe on the product side of things because they were busy migrating cards to the layer two solution, but also delivering limited cards, etc. So, um, and what? Yeah, the way
3: I saw that the migration was every day that they didn't have that done, they were losing money. So that was the most important thing that they uh, as a team accomplished. And I know that people might be a little sour that they didn't focus more on either gameplay or other things, but um, flat out every day that that wasn't done, they lost money.
2: Yeah. And you see like something that I hear recently is like rewards are delivered like 24 hours after uh, they are actually sent. Yeah. Well, uh, shown on your, um, on your server page, but, I think, like, what's missing here, I'm not really frustrated about not being able to list my reward uh, the next day or, like, the next hour. But I guess one thing that is missing is actually uh, explaining why it's happening. And uh, I guess I didn't see some kind of explanation from Sora telling people, hey, um, we know it's uh, slow on the rewards and uh, it's happening because of some reason. And I wouldn't blame them for uh, they, they must there must be a reason that is a, a very valid reason why uh, rewards are being uh, delivered one week one one week not one day after uh, they are actually shown. But I guess people need explanations, and when we don't understand something, we're being oh, uh, very frustrated fast. And um, yeah, I guess the they just need to figure out things and explain when something is not happening correctly. And uh, I guess then um, people will understand and being not that frustrated anymore.
3: Well, people tend to come up with their own reasons when, when they don't know. So uh, yeah. I think that just the transparency always helps.
2: Yeah, 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 definitely.
1: Piggybacking on the previous question about NFT collection versus the fantasy game. I feel like we keep talking about, everybody's anticipating this next, uh, I believe Dan called it a spike, not a boom, but we've been uh, using the word boom, but like the next one, do you think it's possible that the next one is actually from, I mean, pretty much the first one was from like NFT collectors, as opposed to people who want to play a global fantasy football game? Like I, I'm struggling to see an avalanche of people joining so rare because they want to play fantasy football. Instead of wow. just owning these cards do you disagree with
2: that yeah totally oh, I guess all right. I guess the main user base will come from from people wanting to play a fantasy f- football game and, uh, and 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 that's why we and that's also like um, what I've said just before is like I don't see many people from the nft space like talking about Soya because it's it, yeah it's not like your typical nft product like you have like <laughs> uh, your stuff on on open sea and then <laughs> you're trying to to sell it like um uh, 10 times the the amount that you paid before but uh, you have a real utility with your sora card and i guess that's that's 10 times better than any nft project that is on the market right now and um and I guess the marketing will be directed towards not NFT collectors, but um, um, football fans. And as we've seen, the Sora commercials like uh, on um, La Liga stadiums. Um, I guess that that's what they are targeting. They're not targeting uh, people that are buying NFTs right now. They're targeting people that will be here for the long run because they love football and uh, not NFTs. And you think that's the right way to go i definitely think it's the I, I would be very mad if that if they were targeting nft owners right now and i guess i guess people are frustrated because they it's like you know the spongebob meme when you have like i don't know the how the character is called but he's looking at the window when everyone is having fun and i can i can see why people are feeling like this because you can see like 10 times return on, uh, NFTs, um, you know, some of the projects, but you also have to keep in mind that it's not an healthy market right now. It's people are just printing money on some, on on some JPEGs, but I, and I say that and I love NFTs and I believe that NFTs will be a, a part of our future somehow, but I guess, uh, we lose some kind of uh, logical. Um, so what reasoning. you're saying?
3: What you're saying is when the board messy yacht club card is revealed, you're not buying.
2: No, <laughs> I'm selling. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's when you sell your gallery, right there. You see that? Yeah, no, I mean, I
2: mean, synergies uh, with uh, other projects. I mean, are fine as long as they have some kind of meaning. Uh, But uh, uh, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm not too worried about uh, the future of Sora because it's totally not uh, linked to the NFT space. Like they have shown in the past that they are not interested in doing like other crypto projects are doing. And I guess that's why they're so successful um, on a VC kind of way. And um, and, uh, I guess... uh, I guess I'm not worried at all. And maybe I'm, I'm wrong. You, you have to <laughs> remember that I've raised money over, on SORA data, and that's basically betting on the yep. success of SORA also. So I might be completely biased on this, but um, I guess you have also to see the other way around and say like, yeah, or maybe we're targeting football fans instead of NFT holders right now.
1: But you've also previously said that you would never play it if they weren't NFTs. Is that still correct?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, I guess why would you why would it even be called so rare if you have not approved that uh cards are rare and uh, that um you can actually own them. So, I guess NFTs make the game possible and make the game actually the one I want to play.
1: That's fair. Do you want to take a second to speculate on what Sorare does next?
2: I guess I guess the priority for them is adding more leagues and adding more clubs. I guess when I've seen stuff on Twitter today, I won't I won't spoil it. But um, I guess when you're trying to promote your brand in uh, stadiums that don't have any licensed Sorare players it's probably that you're going to do some, something with them soon uh, or maybe i'm wrong but uh, i guess um, <laughs> uh, i guess that would be a right way to promoting so uh, i guess what i'm missing with those commercials also is also showing your brand is okay but uh, i i i'm i kind of want to see a message with it, with it like uh, what is Sora doing and um so i'm expecting more marketing on on football stadiums why not a sponsorship i guess some people have done that before and uh, if you're sponsoring like uh, a a team uh in i don't know league or something it probably isn't that expensive and uh that means that uh, everyone that is playing against this team is actually seeing the sora logo at some point in time so i guess that would make sense but uh, yeah, I'm pretty confident that uh, they are going to do the right moves next. But I, I guess the priority is more clubs, more licensing uh, deals, and because if you are a a, um, a a British player right now, I guess you're a bit frustrating at seeing like it's it's exact same. Spongebob meme, like seeing, uh, uh, Italian players with many teams and French players with many teams. Uh, I don't even talk about MLS uh, teams, but, uh, yeah, you, you kind of want to see other, you know, Premier League clubs, uh, being added to the platforms.
1: And you, you know, speculate on the future. So we,
3: who me, no, yeah. um, <laughs> I, I can't even, I, 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 I saw the, I think the same thing that HG is referring to um, with some stuff regarding La Liga. Um, So uh, not to, not to be the one spoiling, but uh, uh, maybe that's next. I don't know. Uh, I I do think that the priority should be more leagues um, and then, and then some marketing around either a Jersey sponsor somewhere or um, just more visibility. Uh, But then again, I, I do think that the onboarding needs to be better. Um, I think there needs to be a clear, a more clear uh, way to onboard. I don't know that Commons are the answer, um, and if they are, then there needs to be um, just a better integration with them. So I think I still think that the onboarding is much time that they've uh, they've thrown it onboarding. I think that onboarding still needs um, some some more love.
1: So just trying to get rid of those comments, Andy.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's actually funny because I, uh, my dad has been interested. <laughs> he's, he has invested uh, with my mom in data in this round, and uh, he's fascinated with uh, new technologies. And uh, he, I got him into Bitcoin and uh, cryptocurrencies, and he's very interested into that. And so he tried Sora and. I guess that's when you see all the things that are missing on on Sora right now he he basically can't play the game um, first without Sora Data and you have first to find Sora Data at some point in your journey but uh, also the auctioning system system is a bit it's a bit complicated to explain because that means that you have to be 24-7 on the market basically or you have to um like kind of uh have to buy at some price that it's completely crazy because people are just saying hey i've got the card uh you have to pay that price and i guess that's a bit frustrating for new users also not having the possibility to buy any card at any time that is not completely a crazy high price and uh i guess the problem is the game is also a bit complicated i don't think it's complicated but it's it takes some time to understand the game and uh, to actually get on board
3: i think is uh and chat just brought up a really really good point really good question don't you think the game needs to be a little more casual actually and i do think that there needs to be an option for somebody that just wants to come in and uh you know buy a team and play and not have to like watch the auctions 24-7 to get the five players that they want. Like, it'd be nice if there was just a way to like, okay, I want to buy my team. And I guess that's kind of what the secondary market is. But the issue there, I guess, is you're not always finding the right, the right prices or the right... But
2: yeah. I, then again,
3: maybe that's what you pay for being lazy or more casual.
2: Yeah, the right balance is difficult to find because... Um, um, that would you you could also like have somewhere sell cards at a limit at like a, a fixed price or something but why would you do that and why would you disturb the free market um also limiting like returns on cards for example like say you bought this card at 0.07 for example and you cannot sell it for more than 0.09 for example but that would be disturbing the free market and That would be a really bad sign, uh, I would say. But yeah, I need they. It's difficult. I I guess I don't have any solution right now for them, and uh, it's it. It has to be difficult to find the right solution for new users to come in and actually find the right players that they want to buy. My my father came in. We we went to the FCN game the day before, and Moses Simon scored ninety two on Soria, and. He said, "I want to buy a Moses Simon," and he went on the on the secondary market and said, "Oh no, I'm not spending 500 euros on the rare card of Moses Simon," and that's a legit uh, feedback. And um, uh, yellow cards were not there at that time, and uh, even trying to browse the market, it's a bit difficult.
3: Would he, would he buy a Moses Simon limited card now?
2: Yeah, I guess definitely, but he has to be. Uh, there at the right time and uh, uh, find that uh, the auction is actually uh, um, there when he connects to the game. And that's also why uh, a mobile application um, on Sora, but also on Sora data would be interesting is like um, trying to tell everyone like, you're following this player. Oh, he's he's, uh, in auction in like 10 minutes. Uh, uh, Be careful, you might miss it. Um, it's definitely something that would help, um, uh, users and ma- and managers.
1: He just needed to go on the auctions right after they announced the new season cards because there were 50 of each player right away. That's
2: all. Awesome. Yeah. But the time that you actually read the email, the time that, uh, you actually get on the platform. I mean, people have limited time. I guess we are crazy people by spending a lot of time on Sora and, uh, not ma- not that many people can do and can spend that much time on the uh, on the platform, so yeah, I mean <laughs> we look forward to <laughs> one out of ten thousand cards, <laughs> but
1: I think that's the biggest selling point for Sora data is just it cuts down the amount of time that it takes to yeah play this game and
2: yeah, at the end of the day, that's 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 the, any feature that saves you time is the a feature I want to implement at some point.
1: Right. No, but I think this lack of being able to play extremely casually is an issue, and I don't know if they necessarily need to address it right now, but at some point they have to because some people just like to set a, you know have their five cards, set the lineup, and walk away, and you just it's really tough to do that now at least without buying terrible cards, you know, the first five that you find in the auction and you go play, You're like not only you're not going to win, but you're also, there's no, you know, enjoyment out of the sweat. Cause you're dead. Your lineup's dead. There are five cards you've yeah. never heard of.
3: Yeah. Or you bought some Japanese player and you don't get J league on your TV at home.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. I think there's some sure. of that though. For sure. You know, I pay for uh, Russian football on YouTube now. I do and too. I, I guess I guess no, but it's crazy. But I think that most of the subscribers on uh, on their channel is uh, because of uh, Soraya players. Yeah. And I guess that's something that's I, I guess Nicola does that, but that's a good message to send to leagues. Like, look look at that. People are actually buying um uh, like uh, the right to see your games because they own Sora players. And. I don't own that much uh, KD players, but definitely on the MLS side, I would definitely buy uh, a TV package for MLS uh, in Europe. I'm, I'm amazed that there's actually no legal options in France to actually watch MLS games. And uh, I'm I'm used to NFL, NBA, and NHL, etc. Or ML, MLB, and having the possibility to go on their website and just click like I want to pay, I want to see the game. And MLS is just like no, no, we don't want you to pay for a game. Just just go find a stream that is online and uh, that is uh, illegal and watch the games. Hmm. I know. The, don't uh, do that it's not legal to watch games uh, not on a <laughs> right. right so
1: i remember like a few months ago when paramount plus started getting all these there's a cbs one here and they're like oh they have argentina and brazil and i'm like who's gonna watch this stuff and here
2: i am friday night watching river plate hoping hoping for some decisive so yeah but but you're always playing uh, river plate stacks so Definitely, I definitely would pay for Argentinian football if I right. owned right. Uh, uh, an Argentinian uh, stack. But that's why I, what I'm trying to do with Limited is trying to buy players that um, I can't really afford or I don't really want to pay for uh, in rare cards and just buying them in yellow. And uh, I'm happy to support them during the game week. Like I've, I've bought like Ito from Gank. And I'm really happy with his performance today against Oman, and he scored 38. And uh, <laughs> Captain Ito scored a great, uh, great amount of points uh, on my lineup. Bad loss for Japan today. That's all.
3: What was the What was the line on that? Was Japan was supposed to win probably by a couple goals, lots. right?
1: By lots. Yeah, at least. Yeah. Aww. Well, if and, somebody who has nobody. Had, on
2: that Japanese national team. I was perfectly content with that outcome. Yeah, but the only game uh, for Japan that uh, was taken into account was the 10-0 against, I don't know, Tajikistan or something. That yeah. was crazy. People were like, why would, why would we uh, allow those people to play, uh, to scouts to play in SO5 tournaments? And today they might be, okay, I'm okay with Japan, not play, uh, Japan playing in SO5. Nope. I guess you can't win 10-0 uh, every game.
1: I had the pitchforks out for that 10-0 because I haven't. Yeah,
2: I remember, yeah. But I I guess that makes sense. If you're covering Europe, why why wouldn't you? Like France was playing bosnia Herzegovina ye- yesterday and they did not well because our national team is not doing well right now. But uh, maybe after the, 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 the World Cup win, we would have won like 4-0 or something. And why would you count this game? And not uh, Japan against Oman. I guess that doesn't make any sense. While you're counting like K League games uh, and European uh, leagues games,
1: I think I was actually more salty about the Japan
2: Japan thing because
1: I had my C- Canada stack all lined up for their match against Aruba, and then
2: it got pulled. Oh yeah,
3: it. yeah. Then they didn't count that game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's
2: not good. But I remember that Ito also scored bad uh, during the 10-0 victory. And I'm like, okay, not maybe not playing Ito during a Japan game would be a good idea.
1: <laughs> if only there was a tool you could have used to help you build that. Yeah.
2: Thing. But that's something that is not really, and that's something that is going to appear at some point because players are playing for different teams, but also different competitions, And um, that's something I already have in database, but I'm not showing correctly right now. Well, at least not showing at all. Is trying to say, okay, this player scores with this team, on average, this amount of points, and in this competition also. And also trying to change the opponent's score to uh, maybe 15 games, but also trying to say, yeah, it's the opponent's score, but only for this competition. And that makes a lot more sense. Because you know Neymar is going great with Brazil, but sometimes he's not going scoring great at all with PSG. And so, um, that's these are things that uh, that are going to happen at some point that are not that difficult to implement, but uh, going to show sometime soon. There's there's always more. Anyway, when you're trying to do something like I've done new filters for auctions, I was like, I I wonder why it was not there uh, before, but now people are are, know me. I'm asking for uh, you know multiple uh, scarcities, like having the possibilities to its possibility to to pick rare and super rare and uniques, for example, and not limited cards. And also, what I'm trying to do is. A setting like, um, you know, default filters uh, depending on your account and saying, okay, uh, when you go on data, you want to see on the auction house only limited cards from Nantes, for example, and you save that as a default. And when you end up on your page, you only see that. And I guess what I'm trying to do is bringing more and more customization to data and having everyone... Uh, picking which tools they want and trying to have like a more custom experience depending on your needs.
3: So, so kind of like speaking of kind of features, what's the one feature that um, like you feel like you want to build for so rare data that doesn't exist now um, that, that you want to build? Yeah. And, I'll, and then I'll tell you mine.
2: No, I, the the one that really interests me and um and I know it's very difficult and I know it could be a lot of troubles is uh, like automation of uh, building lineups and also the pro- and that goes also along with projections of scores, but I guess. I guess we won't have the right results to do that. I guess we will have some kind of results that um, might be the right ones, but also we will be wrong on so many others. And since Sora has a, a, a scoring matrix where a red card uh, like gets you a negative de- decisive action and is something that is not very common and you cannot really project a red card to right. happen... And, like, it completely destroys objection projection when you're in. Maybe it will be more like an uh, all-around projection. Like, it's it's more um, accessible to project, let's say, uh, because it doesn't depend on score, on goals, assists, etc. cetera. Um, and, like, okay, this guy scores a lot of DAs or not and trying to, like, get a sense of if the player is actually uh, projected or not to score at some point a DA in the game. But, um, yeah, that's really something that interests me, but I know that is also very difficult, and I don't want also people, like, to say, oh, uh, sorry, the have projected, uh, yeah, I'm sure to score, uh, like, I don't know, 67, and he scored, like, 38. These guys are morons. Why do I even listen to them, et cetera. Like the Rotor Warrior lineup. <laughs> projections on the uh, the MLS but but uh, at the end of the day it's um, I think it's going to happen in some kind of way but uh, maybe not the one that uh, I would have wanted
3: so so here's my two feature requests I think uh, s- speaking of lineup projections I think you could use the uh, lineup builder and then show a percentage of number of other managers that are starting that player in a lineup so I think that that would give maybe some kind of like X ex- that would give you two things. Like if everyone is starting this player, then he's probably playing this game week and he's not hurt or he's not suspended or whatever. So it gives you a little bit of an idea that, okay, it's safe to play this player because everybody else is um, obviously still do your own research. There may be something else there. Um, but then also too, if you know, you want like a differential and a lineup where you're thinking, okay, everybody's starting this player. I want to try to, you know, go against the grain. Um, I, could, I could play a different player, for instance. Um, so I think that'd be like a, almost a way of crowdsourcing lineup projections. And then second, I want some kind of like correlation tool where I could like plug two or three players in and then kind of get an overlay of all their scores. And see, okay, these players score well together or these players do not score well together and kind of, uh, I don't know, uh, kind of give you an idea of, of how they play together. How they yeah, I, together.
2: Yeah, 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 we talked about this before and I, and I absolutely love this feature and it's going to happen like very soon, I, I can tell you that. And uh, yeah, it's something I I want to do. It's like, I want to see the correlation between like, I don't know, Marquinhos and uh, I don't know, Verratti or something. Yeah. I want at the end, be able to say, yeah, this lineup uh, for this club is uh, the best one. Basically saying like, if you play this player, he will score great with this one, this one, this one. And I guess that's something I really want to do. And uh, that makes a lot of sense. And that will also help uh, people decide on whether stacks are something they want to do. I- I've kind of changed my mind on this and trying to do a stack every now and then, uh, maybe in all D 4. Uh, but uh, I guess sometimes it works well, sometimes it doesn't, I guess, uh, at the end of the day. For you- sure, you just have to pick a, uh, the right matchup, and like I didn't want to pick like Lopez against Nantes because uh, because I support Nantes. but he scored eighty points because <laughs> I know we suck at scoring goals, and uh, and uh, I guess uh, Leon Stack would have been uh, good at that point. But yeah, definitely doing that soon. Like I I don't want to commit on a date, but uh, probably in the next week or two. And uh, but I, I need to find the right way also to show the information and where to show it. it it's very important. Um, and uh, what was that? It was the lineup projection, yeah, based on the the, the pick rate um, uh, with the lineup builder. I guess that's an interesting feature, but uh, it's the kind of features that uses data that is provided by the players to show our data, and it's something I I'm not decided on because. I think it kind of breaks the relationship that I have with users because it says, okay, I know stuff and I can tell you guys what uh, everyone is thinking. And I guess that's something I'm not very comfortable with yet. Uh, if I get a sense in the community that is uh, that everyone is saying, no, that's cool. We want to do that. We want to see that. And I guess it's also kind of... Um, sensible to manipulation, people just starting people just to say, hey, it's, <laughs> I'm starting this one. Fire um, up your yeah. lamb <laughs> Yeah. But I guess I should be talking about, uh, to Sora about this one and see their opinion on that if they ever thought about it. And uh, I guess that would be an interesting conversation to have. But yeah, I'm not decided on that. Also, I could do this with notifications uh, because you could say, hey, people on Sora data are putting notifications for this player at on average of or the minimum amount uh, or the minimum price is this one and I could do like another book or some oh yeah some kind of other book on a player page but I think it also kind of breaks the the, the relationship I have with users and I'm I'm really not comfortable with doing that yet but correlation um, trying to find uh, if you need to play the same players at the same time uh, makes a lot of sense but uh what your first idea also made me think of is just saying on a regular basis over the last five game weeks for example people have been playing that person that card uh um, that uh, percentage of it and i can do that pretty easily since i show the data on uh, the game week center every game week and i saying uh something i talked about in the ib podcast uh, was like um did did the players captain uh, this player like uh where well, we checked and Morioka has a crazy rate of a captain and Kikushi also has a crazy rate. And uh, that also gives you a crowdsource information that is not giving you an edge because everybody knows it. And it's not based on the data that is provided by users to saw data.
1: Yeah, I think it's always really interesting to see where guys are played. Like the example yeah, also. That, that Annie was going through before, like, if you're making your lineup and you see that everybody plays the Mbappe rare in Champ Euro D3. And so few play it in D4, then maybe I just play it in D4 this week instead of U23 or U23, D3, or D4. Like there are ways to play him, but just play him where no where fewer people are playing him, and maybe that's enough of a differential. Um, I also want to say that we had you come on today to talk about this, but it was all a smokescreen so Andy could put in those two requests. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and it, that something I want to say is um, please do feedback, please send feedback to me, uh, but uh, don't do it on Discord. It's probably the last place where I want to receive feedback because I receive so many messages and uh, I'm not doing a great job at separating my personal uh, Discord account and my professional one. But please send emails uh, to uh, contact at soradata.com or maxim at soradata.com. I get those anyways, so the contact and the maximum ones, and uh, I read everything. Sometimes I don't reply, and sorry if I don't reply, I don't have the time uh, sometimes to reply to this. But um, I have interesting feedback coming in um, um, most of the time, and uh, that influences me uh, in my decisions and also prioritizing uh, which kind of uh, w- which features I would be building next and how I would build it next. And um, I guess I don't you know, the, the the number of times when I like think of a feature because someone tells me something that is not necessarily the feature but something related like like you just said, um, it like it's countless so and it's really important to have that so please continue to do that and uh, with the the person I'm working on on the product side, we will try to. <clears throat> uh have like some kind of um upvote feature um that can you when you where you can like say i want this feature to be implemented but i want this one also and try to find what's the feature that the community wants the most so yeah definitely trying to also to improve like the way people give feedbacks and also give yeah, uh, get like the the features that they want
1: does it seem like a lot of the features that you build come from the community? At least the ideas start with them?
2: Yeah, I guess. I, I, I think I didn't say it already today on, on your podcast, but um, the community has helped me so much during this journey. And uh, uh, every member of the community that has posted a message on Solar they will send me an email or DM on Twitter. Also, I don't really read uh, tweet or DMs. I'm sorry about that, but just send me an email. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, so many people just donating also, and even like, uh, 0.01 ETH. It's like, the effects, it's like most than, um, most, more than most of the users, uh, of Solar data. And, uh, of course, zero, um, pap, uh, and, uh, many, um, Players that've donated uh, Victor also Victor Neto also have donated a lot to the to saw data Phenomeno, et etc. I don't want to name anyone everyone, but um, yeah, I guess the community has been uh, so nice to me and I guess I try to be nice to them and provide them with features and that's also why I guess we talked a bit about this, but I guess on the the subscription model also I guess people will understand the value that soar data is bringing to the platform and i guess i have some people telling me that they would be happy to pay for soar data i hope there will be the day where i introduce uh those changes but uh yeah i guess uh at some point in time we will have to move to this uh, kind of model but um, it will only be to improve uh, the current product and uh to bring stability also to users and uh I promise not to make you pay a hundred euros or a hundred dollars for every month for those uh, data. It will be dollars, 99.99, ni- ni- yeah. <laughs> but not a hundred. Uh, no, no, but uh, it will be pretty affordable. But um, I will be also looking at uh, trying to have like payment through Sora, if that's legal if my accountant is not. um, Yeah, he has to be crazy to accept that, I guess. But uh, if I can make it, uh, I want to I want it to be the best, uh, the best way possible for people to actually uh, get the service.
1: Cool, cool. We've taken up quite a bit of your time. You've done a lot of media today to to announce this uh, pretty big news. But uh, Maxine, thank you for coming on and explaining all that to us again congratulations on this uh pretty big step for sora data and yourself and hopefully we can uh have you on again because uh, everybody loves to hear what's going on in sora data
2: no 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 it, it's over like um I'm I'm done it's it was my last appearance uh <laughs> now I've raised money I'm like no no speak to my agent please no no of course You've I'm <laughs>
1: That was the first hire, an agent. That would, that that would, be,
2: that would be cool. But no, no, no. Um, um, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be uh, on your podcast, guys. And uh, uh, we talk a lot uh, off um, stream and uh, your support and your feedback has always been amazing. And uh, again, thanks to everyone that is listening, that is using Solar Data. And um, I'm forever grateful for uh, the community and uh, the people that have supported me uh, along the way.
1: All right. Uh well this has been the Soccer Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire and sponsored by Soccer. If you guys have been watching this on YouTube, if you could please hit the like button below, please feel free to subscribe for all of the Rotowire soccer videos and if you're on the audio version, if you could please just rate and review it wherever you listen. Maxine, thank you. Andy, we'll talk to you next week. See ya.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer.